Well, welcome to a brand new episode of Bill Thoughts. You may be wondering yourself, why am I speaking like this? Well, I'll tell you, it is a special, my friends. That's right, it is the Americano special. <laughs> you know, once upon a time, Sean said to us, never do accents. And now I know why he said never do accents. Kind of got a fright. I thought it was shouting at us. I mean, the thought that you think that I'm putting on an accent, even though we clearly know this is my natural voice, I'm starting to think you're not really friendly, Bunch, are you? Oh, I'm sorry, partner. I'm real sorry. In all seriousness, though, welcome to a very special, and I mean a very special episode of Pillow Thoughts. We've got not one, but two episodes. These two episodes are in dedication to a returning. That's right, a returning host. It's John! He didn't die. I didn't die. I didn't get shot. I had a good time. I had a real good time. But not only that, we have the usuals. There's James. That's me. And then the other James. It's me! And, as if it weren't great enough, we've got our buddy here, Sean! That's me, man! Super excited for this episode. I just wish I planned more up to it. Hey, James, is it done yet? Well, here's the thing. I think. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. He said he did the thing. I did the thing. As you're probably listening to this, you might hear a few pauses. Well, don't be alarmed because technically it's still buffering. So it may be loading in some parts, but don't worry, we'll get. Go through that. <laughs> That's just James thinking. Is this the James mannerism? I'm still writing this as we're do- doing this. <laughs> and that's what the thing is. That's what the thing's always been. The whole 13 years knowing each other, that was the thing. Yes. In fact, I think I'm still writing the questions to the, to the quiz. <laughs> Up until about 10 seconds before we pressed start. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, James. You lost listeners by opening with an accent, and now you're losing listeners by pretending to buffer. First <laughs> was like, oh my god, this podcast started with an outrageous accent. This guy is clearly not American. And then it was like, oh Christ, my, my internet is so bad listening to this podcast. It must be so high quality, I can't buffer it all at once. Can we get the editor to like pause some moments? No, don't misrepresent me. <laughs> Oh. Editor, can we do this? No, I come through in crisp, clear, 240p. Thank you very much. You'll be hearing from Sean's lawyer if there's any defamation. Okay, definitely pause him. What did I do? So, after that explosive intro, I'll start slowly kicking things off with, uh, how are we all doing? I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here on the Pillow Thoughts podcast. I'm very pleased. To finally get a spot here. It's it's not every day you get to, uh, to come on to such an illustrious production as this one. Very high quality. I can see here in the studio. We've got, we've got all the lighting. We've got all the high-tech gadgets and gizmos going on. I, I didn't realise it was so high budget around here. Thanks, pal. That's you forgot the quiz wall. Well, we'll get to that, John. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm jumping the gun. Yeah. He had to take £10 out of the stationary budget for that quiz wall. And it was well worth it. I mean, it's a fairly blank wall. 
You could literally put anything on that. And you have? Post-it notes. (laughs) (laughs) I still hope to God they don't fall off. (laughs) Nobody breathed in that direction. I was going to say, like, the moisture in the room starts going through, they'll just pick off one by one. (laughs) Nope, they're all still there. (laughs) Well, if in any of the do, you'll be the first to know. So, before we get into that, like I said, this is all dedicated to John's return. So with that, you know, we kind of want to divulge into John's adventures for the last three months. In the Armoricas? Yes. Yeah. I've been back for like nearly three weeks, so it's really weird to recap on any of it. Met so many people there, it's crazy. So to kick things off, just to remind the audience, where have you been and what have you been doing? Well, I went to North Carolina to do a boys Christian summer camp. Love it. Uh, I did that for two months. And I'll tell you what, there's absolutely zero regrets about doing it. It's been, without a doubt, the best time of my life. And I mean that with no uncertainty. It's just brilliant. Putting yourself in an environment that you thought you'd be really uncomfortable with. Working with kids. and for me, that's something I've never done. I tell you what, I did not shit myself like a month before going. I was absolutely bricking it. I was considering even not going. I was that nervous. That's why we never had him on an episode for like a year. Yeah. He was too busy whacking himself. <laughs> he downloaded Ancestry.com and I got a membership. It was just one extra thing to distract myself from the thought of going. I was nervous. <laughs> what summer camp does to an MF? I got to my yep. fifth great grandfather. <laughs> honestly. I mean, some people do all sorts just to calm themselves. Some play a video game. Read a book. Maybe even have a cold pint. I still do all those things. At the same Look, time. Looking for my great granddad. I'm going for it. It's all happening at the same time. Anything to kick my brain off of the subject. But I tell you what, that's probably the best I could say to people who are listening. I believe that going and not knowing a single person was probably one of the most scariest things. The two months working at the camp, teaching guitar, I was helping out trap shooting, shotguns. I wasn't the skill head or anything like that, but I was loading guns, making sure everybody was safe. If anybody came up the hill, shoot, shout, Ceasefire. Do it first. <laughs> Ask questions later. What are you doing here, boy? But wait, but wait, counselor. Why? Why do we? Don't even. What did I just say? <laughs> I'm just like you shouldn't have came. There was a guy who would tell me if you see anybody who's not going to be here, go and grill them. But yeah, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And then I had a month, a month off. I say off. It was technically a month on because. The amount of travelling around it was crazy. Nashville, every night, Saturday night in Nashville, I'm telling you, every night, it is heaving constantly. Do you get to do stuff? I'm a massive country music fan, so mm-hmm. a lot of it was country music oriented. Of course, it's Nashville. That's what you go for. A lot of it was Johnny Cash lid. He went and visited his grave, and it was just open. I thought it would be like a gate around it, or you'd have to, like, give a $5 or something to see it. 
it's just there. So I was just there. Uh, pressed F. <laughs> Sucks for the so, music. Went to the line dancing. I met up with people from camp. Like, I met up with this girl. We went line dancing. It was cool. We met up with another friend. We went to the Johnny Cash Museum. Uh, Memphis, Graceland. Seen a lot of Elvis stuff. And then from there, went to Boone. Stayed a week in Boone. Quite a slow week, not going to lie. Everybody was busy back at college and stuff. But it was nice to have a week to just chill out. And from there, Washington and New York. Just seen like all the classic landmarks. That wasn't long though. There wasn't a lot of time in Washington and New York. But it was real nice. I've got to ask. Did you try the M&M's? I did not try the M&M's. This man went to America and he didn't try the caramel M&M's. I didn't try the caramel M&M's. I'm very sorry. Get out. I'm oh, sorry. I'll forgive you under one condition. You at least made Jiffy Pop at camp. Yeah. Yeah. You that are was, then forgiven. Yeah. Did he make s'mores? There was many s'mores. Delicious hot s'mores. <laughs> Basically, we do camp out on Fridays during camp break, obviously. So you would take your kids from your cabin, generally around seven to ten kids, and you know, as soon as the s'mores kit comes out, they're just like, <laughs> so I would craftily count the Hershey squares, and I'd be like, right, so if there's like seven kids, there's like 30 squares, I'm like snapping it individually. So one day, I just pretty much halved it, put one to the side, then divided it, and I thought, will like have them all in like this huge surprise right but they went to bed <laughs> so me and the co-counselor kento shout out to kento if you ever listen absolute legend uh he, he's a super guy so kids went into the big shed it was just a shed with one side off it was called adirondacks and then kento was like n- near the fire and i opened the bag and i was like Whoa! <laughs> just cooking up like s'mores for days. That that was real good. And it was his birthday, Kento's birthday. And I remember unintentionally having birthday s'mores. Dude, the, the camp outs were fun. Very stressful though. Very stressful. It was like an hour walk with all of your shit. Oh. Trying to convince kids to keep on walking. Honestly, they can't expect you to keep you cool all the time. Because there were some bad apples. Some of them didn't listen. For the sake of this conversation, you can always just give them fake names. Oh, yeah. Gimothy <laughs> and Ronathan. Oh, look at me side on Ronathan. Oh, that one's a wrong-un. A wrong-un. I won't give out names. We had, like, one bad apple. I tell you what, it's so easily to think about where I've been and how easily I could place myself back there. And... It's funny, I remember being maybe two weeks to the end of coming home, and all I could think about was coming home. I was ready to, like, see you guys, see family. Now that I'm back home, you know, it's weird. That grass is greener stuff really gets to you. What's that movie that's got Chris Pratt and uh, Jennifer Lawrence? Passenger. Passengers. And there's a scene where Chris Pratt's character talks with the bartender. The bartender's a robot. And he says, like, say you could snap your fingers and be wherever you wanted to be. You'd probably still feel the same way. In the sense that you always want to be where you're not. 
in conclusion, I'm very excited to go back. I do like the idea of possibly meeting up. Dude, it's so fun to travel around. America doesn't have a lot of buses or trains. You rely on Ubers and taxis. But taxis are so expensive. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're in New Carolina, be like, uh, yeah, just take me to New York. Honestly, they'll do it. New York, 12 hours away. All right, dude, let's go. Because they almost get it. They're just like, yeah, I understand. That must be so expensive. It is. One of the people I met in camp, she's a nanny. The family that she nannies for own a house in Nashville, which is due to get demolished. So said, it's empty. You can stay in it while you're in Nashville. I was like, that's, that's like super. Always good until you know the date of the demolition. Imagine you just wake up one morning, you're like, where's the roof gone? And why is this claw coming? The digger spade is already in bed with you. Literally. He's <laughs> just lying there next to you. You did not bring bit. home last night. <laughs> Her name's Kat. She digs you. <laughs> Sorry, so you were sleeping uh, in this house that was due to be demolished? Yeah. Sleeping in this house. Oh, well, I put my stuff there. Mm. This happened to be the night where we went line dancing. When we pulled up to said house, yeah. there was a bloke outside. I was like, who is that? And she said, oh, that's uh, Lado. Is he going to stop with him? I was like, don't know about that. He comes out of the back to introduce himself. I just tell, like, the whole way he carried himself. Oh, my God, he's, he's quite weird. The way, and I quote, he says, oh, sorry if I forget your name. I'm guitarded. That's no offence to people who okay. are retarded because they're smarter than me. What? That's what he said. That's the actual word he, he said. Guitarded. Cause he, yeah, because he plays guitar. And I, and I was like, cool. And then he started telling me about his family background and how like he got knocked out a couple of times. And as he's telling me this, he's getting more annoyed. I can see his face starting to change. And I'm just like, go, go in the room, shut the door, I'll lock it, and then I don't have to speak to the guy. And in the morning, I'll leave. Eight o'clock at night, I sit up, just to have a look out the window. He's standing in the stream in the backyard, swinging sticks around, screaming, and just in general being off his, off his nut. I whipped my head back into the room after looking out the window. There's no way I'm sleeping in the same house as this guy. Look back outside. He's gone. Didn't realise. He's by the tree now. And he's like looking up at the window. No! no. I like scrambled my shit together, shoved it in the bed. I made one last look to make sure he's outside. That was me out the fucking front door. I ran away. He just needs like his Michael Myers mask on. A 15 minute walk back to the girl I knew. And I was like, you're going to have to give me a ride to like a motel. And she did. Did she have nothing to say about this crazy person? I did. When I got to the house where she was, Nobody was in. Literally, like, two minutes later, they pulled up with the family. So uh, I met the family. They were asking, obviously, why I'm not staying there. I said, I'm not going to lie. The guy living in your house is a nutter. I said, I don't know why he's there. I'm not going to lie. Oh, right. I asked him, have you got Wi-Fi? And he said, I do have Wi-Fi, but I don't prefer to turn it on because it would interfere with a little project they've got going on in the house. And I was like, what project? And then he was like, well, 
Sometimes I get like the homeless women stay, stay here. I was like, that explains why there's like four beds in the room I'm staying in. Uh, all of this was just like, and I told him this. I was like, he needs to leave. Turns out he was homeless. He was a homeless guy they felt sorry for. I'm still confused about what the project was, though. Something about him letting homeless women or abused women sleep at this house as like a sanctuary. A mm. refuge. A refuge. But I don't know. Just seemed a bit too... And hey, one thing that made me leave, because I had the door locked, I heard him shouting inside, and I heard a woman shout. The only person I'd seen in the house was him until this point. So there was a woman inside the house that you the, didn't know? Yeah, somewhere. And this place was like a like a rabbit's den. And I was like, bruh, I gotta get my SF. Real Sanctuary, or sequel to Human Centipede. That's why I left, because I was like, this guy's gonna kill me. I'll no. stay in a CD motel instead. No, worse. Yeah. He will sew your ass to another person. That's what all the women are for. Rather have my ass sewn to someone than be sewn to someone's ass. What do you think, audience? So, <laughs> I got the lift to this motel. Honestly, I got in the motel, put my shit down, put the TV on. American Dad was on. I was like, that's comfort. That's comfort watch. And uh, then, just just so life could make sure that I wouldn't sleep, the phone went off in the motel room. And I picked up the phone, and uh, I was like, hello? And all I heard was... And then, it, and it went, Because they put the phone down on the other line. And I was like, he's followed me. <laughs> it, I was like, well, I want to just pay for room. We're not leaving out. Got up in the morning, and this is how expensive taxis are. Got a got a bloody taxi from the motel to the airport, which is a fifteen minute drive. Mm-hmm. Forty dollars, mate. Then, upon arriving to the airport where I was renting the car, they said, "Oh, we can't rent you a car because you don't have a flight." And I was like, "Well, if I had a flight, I wouldn't need to rent a car, would I?" Man makes a valid point. Wouldn't have it. Then I had to get another taxi back Whoa. to town. Oh. And there was like a, another rental place in Nashville. And that was another $40. It's only $80 down. And I'd only woke up an hour ago. God. Bear in mind, there's no other way to get anywhere. You know, I managed to get to Avis Car Rental. Big up Avis. They had a car. And I rented it for a solid week and it was the most freeing time because I had the freedom how did it feel driving on the wrong side of the road it was fine I had a little bit of practice because I drove to Dollywood oh no way I went to Dollywood you went to Dollywood I drove to Dollywood on a day off one day so I got a bit of practice in it's fine I think the biggest change was not so much being on the right side so I've done that it's being on the left side of the car as well. Because mm-hmm. that threw me off. It made me want to centre myself in the middle of the road. But, yeah. So were you essentially just sleeping at the car at this point? Oh. I was considering staying in the car, but it, the motels were cheap enough. I found this, this place right near Nashville, 20 minutes away. Hey. Um, I got pulled over. Driving on the wheel. <laughs> Basically, 
Driving back from Memphis back to Nashville, there was five of us in a car, and I was obviously bombing it, and I seen a police car in the hard shoulder, two-lane motorway. He's there with his blue lights on. Everybody starts pulling over to the left. For me, I was thinking, well, that's good. Vroom! Went right through. I wasn't breaking any speed or anything. I went through, and that's when, like, all of the signs came back, back to my head so quickly. I was like, oh, no. I seen his lights go off. Basically, they have a law there, which means if there's a police car with blue lights, you must move to the left lane. Turn it off, turn it back on. Wham! Right behind me, basically, like, licking the back of my ass with how close it was in the car. You should have heard him. Excuse me, sir, do you know why I pulled you over today? That's a call for, for no idea. I knew, I, I knew, no sir. Please don't hurt me, sir. Don't <laughs> shoot me. I'm just a weak British lad. Oh, blimey. I do apologise, not often to these fast contraptions. Usually I go everywhere by horse and carriage, I do. For the record, it's always a good idea to say no. Politely, of course. Because they can try and catch you out for other things that they previously weren't pulling you over for. It's true. It's true. You but I, I had an idea of why he pulled me over. I had oh. a full idea. <laughs> I know exactly why he pulled me over. <laughs> I'm just a very British lad. She my driving license. I don't know what to do. And, uh, yeah, there's something called the uh, move over line in the state of Tennessee, sir. I was like, oh, I'm so, so, so sorry, sorry. And then he, he, t- he took my license for five minutes and then he just uh, sent me on my way. Nothing, not even a slap to wrist. Phew. It was quite, it was quite fun. Like, we all got on the road and we, we were like, that was kind of cool. They were filming an episode of Cops that day. Bad yeah. boys, bad boys. <laughs> what they going to do? John Allen doesn't abide by the pullover law. He's only been there for like three months and already he's already made an impression that like they know his name by heart that they can just say it on the TV. It got dark on that drive back after that because it was a three and a half hour drive which is which is like nothing to them. They'll drive three and a half hours just to go to Walmart. Like, Whoa! Dude, they don't, they, they don't care. Your ice cream would melt though. If I have to drive three and a half hours Look at like mentally prepare for it for like a week. So every time I seen like blue lights coming over, I was like, Whoa, get in that left lane. Don't catch me out today. Not today, same. John, you've been giving us some top tips in regards to surviving America. You've probably had the most experience. So with that in mind, what other words of wisdom can you give to a lonely British traveller? Hmm. I would say, don't believe everything you see on the movies. Motels are fine. I'm sure you do get some bad places, but for the most part, it's Mm. a cheap place to stay. There's locks on the door, chain locks and stuff. So even if anybody had a key, no one's getting it. Don't expect to go and buy a fucking rail card. You will not get trains anywhere. There is no trains. There is only Greyhound buses. Greyhound buses have a bad reputation. I say that they are pretty much the cheapest way to travel state to state. And yeah, like the motels, I'm sure it can be dodgy. It would take a certain amount of bad luck. Use Uber, not taxis. And 
And don't go in a house with strangers that's about to be demolished. That's a bloody good point, James. Very unique situation, but... It can happen. Exhibit A. It was a very cool experience. I was very happy to have had the bad pass just as much as the good. What was the best part of all of it? Camp. Camp. Within that best part of camp is ultimately people that worked there. Every single person was just amazing. Everybody's always willing to talk, willing to help out. You know, for example, going to Dollywood, I just borrowed somebody's car that day. Mm. Yeah. Um, and also, big up Luke. Big up Luke Tyler. He's a good lad. So, in terms of your experience then, was there any pay involved? Were you paid for this experience? Yes. If anybody does end up going through Camp America, always know what Camp America is going to take off if you find a bill. I did not have a clue. One, I think the total sign-up fee is like £700. Plus, you've got to get yourself to London and back to do like visa stuff. But say by the time I went, it was like £1,000 I'd spent. Then obviously go to camp, you do your job. Generally, councils get paid $4,500 at this camp. But once Camp America had made their deductions, I got 2300 So they took like $2,200. I just felt like such a mug. So always be careful of that. I spent all of it, all of that money. So you get $2,300 at the end of it. I would love for them to send me an itemised thing of what they have took from me. Because with that £7,800 plus 2200 they made like three grand off me. Yeah. For what? Answering a few phone calls. I'm sure they do a lot of work. Not fucking three grand's worth, you know. And do the kids pay to stay? Is that how it works? Yeah. It's per child, $4,500 for two weeks. It's about seven and a half for four weeks. And my final question. So, in total, your experience was three months. So, you were on camp for two. Yeah. Could you have been there for longer? Or is there set time frames? Yeah. So, they wanted me to stay for an extra month. So, Ooh. I could have still been there now. They wanted me to stay for, like, this YMCA off-season. They like, a YMCA. Right. And you'd basically just be an extra set of hands. Uh... Which I tell you what, I couldn't have done. One reason, three months was like enough for me. And everybody within that third month was travelling. If I had travelled in the fourth month, they'd have all went home. And right. I'd have known nobody. So, you know, that was sucked. Probably the biggest reason, though, the last day of camp, everybody started leaving. On that Saturday morning, I went to the front, to what we call the waterfront. I sat on the deck chair. It must have been, what, eight o'clock in the morning? And two months of seeing nobody but all these people that you met, over 100 workers, 800, maybe even 1,000 kids that have walked through and screamed and made such a, a noise. And then I was sat on this deck chair, looked around, and it was the loudest silence I've ever heard. And I'd think that if I'd have stayed for that extra month, I'd have heard nothing but silence for that whole month. So that's why I didn't want to do that. But you can. So I think you've already established that when you were there. You had a very interesting title. I think it was something like a like head guitarist or like lead guitarist. Skill head for mountain music. You're very uh, prestiged in guitar playing. Uh, how was that? 
I didn't think I'd enjoy it as much as I did. Because that was the thing I was most nervous for, as much as meeting people. But luckily, there was a guy called Dan who knew a lot of, like, the finger-picking style. He was, he was very adept at that element. And he would be there for every session. So most of the time, we'd, like, see the kids on a, on a new two-week session. Yo, have you ever played before? No, come with me. Have you played a bit? Yeah, I can do some of this. You go with Dan. And then it was quite easy. Oh, I do, I do this, uh, this thing for the kids. On the very first day that they came, I'd hold the guitar and I'd be like, what's the name of this part? Head. And then I'd bring it down. I was like, so if that's the head, that would be what? The neck. Bring it down again. And then as it come down, they would all get more confident. Hold the body. Nobody would be like, body. You know, <laughs> all my kids shouting, shouting body. And then I'd like always do the same joke. And I was like, they've not grown arms and, and legs yet. But the kids are like, I love doing that. There was one lad who uh, went from not knowing guitar, learning a G, C and D. And then when I was with other kids, I heard him playing and singing. And he was singing Three Little Birds, Bob Marley. And he found it, found it in the book, the songbook that I brought. And he's just single strumming and singing it. And I was like, oh man, I was so proud for him, but selfishly myself as well. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. There you go, you had an impact, not only on the kids, but yourself. There you go. We're trying to be wholesome here at Pillow Thoughts. Mm. We are. Did you also get involved in other activities, besides from the guitar? I... Dude, you could do, like, everything there. Especially, we did this Adventure Week thing. The first week was Adventure Week. I wasn't doing guitar then. Basically, it was a charitable thing. These kids, there was like 10, I think. And uh, we basically were told, you're with these guys. Here's your schedule. You're going to be at Archery this time. You're going to be there at this time. So we would just get to do it. We were like campers for a week amongst all of like the fist fights that would happen between the kids. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, they were, they were rough, them ones. But, yeah, there was all kinds of zip lines and shit. It was such a bloody good time. What? Did they do sword fighting, though? Uh, they loved hitting each other with sticks. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> and there was no fencing or anything, which would be good, actually. If I go... And suggest... I could teach them some... Uh, I mean, I don't think that'd be a good idea, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> um, I could teach them some sword. Give them all short swords and be like, all right, time to get to work. We only evolve the strongest here. <laughs> I don't know what accent this is. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. question it. After that, you do your skills in the morning, your afternoon skills. Afternoon skills for me was teaching shotgun. An overlooking shotgun, I should say. This is a rooty tooty point and shooty. The rooty tooty point and shooty. That's what us British people call guns. Yeah. And so five o'clock would hit. Between five and six, it'd be what's called free swim. It means you can go do all the water activities. But that also meant you could go and play tennis. You could play a thing called spike ball, which was very fun. Spike ball? Spike ball. Spike ball? (laughs) They just get clubs of like spaghetti meatballs and just like. <laughs> Who said spank ball? <laughs> I 
have to get over the knee if you left the point. It's a spammer ball. Yeah. You're hungry and you're horny. <laughs> I suppose you could you could freeze a club of spag ball and hit oh, people with it. That would be painful though. Oh dear. Tasty when it's defrosted though. Post game spag ball, you get to eat. <laughs> this punishment is rewarding. Like you go to a nurse's cabin and you just clean this chunk of like spaghetti launching the side of your head. Good old spag ball. I won't spaghetti about this in a hurry. Oh, You're in here with the funds. <laughs> I dig you. I'm a wordsmith. As soon as he mentioned the water free time thing, I instantly thought, yeah, this is how Friday the 13th started. Yeah. Camp counselors were having sex. Jason drowned. I was like, waiting for it, honestly. Comes back and he beats a girl against a tree in a sleeping bag. It was just the way the world was on the Americas. It's allowed to happen twice before we raise the flags. It needs to happen twice before, like, yeah, you know, maybe maybe we should kind of stop doing this. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of spank ball, spag ball, what was the camp food like? Was it decent? Camp food, it was good. It was, it was decent. Like, you've got to, like, I hand it to the staff, the kitchen staff. The amount of food they had to make in a day, you know, and tours make it nice. It's got to be hard work. I would assume for the campers, it was probably nicer. Because they only have to have it for two weeks. Ah. <laughs> yeah. It's turkey dinosaurs again on week six, guys. <laughs> Honestly, it would repeat. There was God knows how many tacos. Every day you'd walk in. I seen like tacos there. I'm just like, oh my God. It got to a point where I wouldn't even have it with the taco shell. I was trying to make something else using what was available. At first, it was like, what do you think for lunch? More of like tacos. <laughs> it was a bit of a joke. After like two or three weeks, she says, What's for lunch? Probably tacos. And nobody would laugh. We don't want tacos. It's not taco it's Tuesday. Like, day. Right. It's taco choose the day because whichever one you choose is fucking taco <laughs> day. <laughs> Just to sort of spice the deal, did you vary as to what part of the taco you're going to have? So it's like, Tuesday, I'm going to have the meat part. On Thursday, I'm just going to have the taco shell. Actually, it was soft tacos. Is that not just tortillas? Like, mini wraps? Oh, they call them soft tacos, don't they? Yeah, but tacos are hard. You see, the problem with your theory, James, is that if you did take pieces of a taco every day, you would end up eating a full <laughs> taco over the week. Anyway, you can't win it's always <laughs> all tacos. Yeah. It's a vicious taco cycle. Oh, oh, a taco the tacos. Yeah, the, the tacos got, got on a lot of our nerves. We actually had words about it. We we basically made a coop. You had a coup. You got upset. You had a taco. Taco. We we had to put a stop to it. <laughs> Did you sneak into the kitchen in the middle of the night and destroy all the taco shells? can get rid of them quick if we drown them if we flush them they can't make tacos the best one was like end of session banquet which basically had like beef slices Ooh, like ooh. I would make sure I, f I filled up on that once the kids go to bed about ten half ten get yourself to the kitchen sneak behind the curtain oh. get yourself a, a couple of boxes of Lucky Charms and we went there once two Lucky Charms and a little jugs of milk 
in the cafeteria. Everybody's doing something. And I was just like practicing with a guitar. Look at you. This is nice. Like the best meals happened once the kids went to bed. We found some good stuff in the kitchen. Yeah. They found good stuff in the kitchen. And that's why tacos were the only option. Because yeah. they had all the yeah. good stuff. Oh. They had no choice but to make them tacos. So did like the other councillors gather up when the kids were all gone to bed? No. Yeah, kids would go to bed. There was a big bulletin board. It said like staff quiz night, staff karaoke. Other they would actually get someone, like like motivational speakers, philosophers. There was a guy who was talking about like the effects of phone use. So most nights you would either just say, Yo, let's go to Eden Hall tonight, we'll chill there. Or if there was karaoke karaoke that, that was banging because they had a cereal buffet oh it was so good i remember just sat around this big table like not even talking oh, four. it was the best it was so good and then we did karaoke which was absolutely laugh and a half it was it was good i've not spoke so in depth about camp since being back so it's uh it's crazy it's all coming back to me with these very minor details I'm going to finish up what James is doing. Oh, good point. Thanks for asking, John. I was just going to, like, finish the whole thing off. And that is how camp was and stuff and things. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Thank you. So, James, how have you been? Pretty good, thank you. Oh, great. Well, that's the end of the episode. Hope you have a good Thanks for listening. I guess my thoughts Yeah. really matter. Yeah, bye. Ah, uh, that is the third place where you use losing listeners. Well, anyways, that's been all for us for now. But if you keep with us, we'll be back for part two. Ooh. You know, we, we've heard about America firsthand. Now we get to test you all on how much you know of America. Ooh. I know. Mind-blowing stuff. Join us for part two. Bye-bye. Bye. Cheerio. Bye. Bye.